welcome to Just Folks Conversations with Emma, a space, a comfortable space where people come to share. You are going to hear personal stories of virtues, victories, challenges, setbacks, accomplishments, observations, and teachable moments, all rooted in spiritual principles. I'm Emma. Come on in. I've been waiting for you. Hi, folks. Welcome to Just Folks Conversations with Emma. I'm Emma, and today I have, oh my goodness, the best guest I've ever had, ever, ever, ever. I want to introduce you to my one and only sibling on the planet, Sheila. This is Sheila Assembly Crumb. And I'm so excited. You would think I didn't know her, but actually I've known her her entire life, which is the thing that makes it so special. So hi, Sheila. I am. Can I call you M, Mr. Emma? I, I guess we could do that. Yeah. Is that acceptable? Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's how I call you M. So, okay. And I'm fine. How are you? I'm doing great. I, yeah. I love your, your setting. I love where you're sitting. Oh, well, thank you. I, I wanted to be outside today because, as you know, as a child, I was a nature child as a little girl. So I'm in my element, still being out with a little bit of nature, not out in the boonies somewhere, but still just to hear some birds and, and to see the grass grow and see some sunlight, natural sunlight in the spring and then the trees are blooming and blossoming. This is what I enjoy the most, as you know. So here I am I with nature. Yeah, I, I do know. And I remember um, mommy used to say, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do with Sheila when the weather's bad because this child has to go outside at least once a day. And she would let you, you know, while I was in school, uh, obviously I'm the big sister, you know, she would make sure that you had a chance to go out and get some fresh air. Every day. I still feel the same way now. So it's important to me. So, yeah. so, so you just yeah, had a birthday yeah. recently. Yes. Yes. In April. This is April as we're yes. recording this. That's true. And yes. I wrote a tribute basically to you. And I want to share that with everyone because uh, it really kind of sets up, you know, the relationship that we have now. Yes. And so it goes, I was not quite five years old when I met my brand new baby sister. It was a beautiful, bright, breezy and pastel colored spring day. I didn't need a sweater and my grandmother had dressed me in my favorite outfit to go see my mother and meet this new baby that everybody was so excited about. Now, my priority was to see mommy again since back in those days, women often stayed into the hospital for a week or more after giving birth. This also meant that I would at long last get the brother I had requested since my parents had granted my every wish up to that point. I recall thinking that I was going to have a wonderful time with Frank. All we needed was a boy and our family would be perfect. I was so excited to see my mother that when we arrived at her room, all thoughts of the new baby disappeared. I launched myself into her arms with such force, my father gasped, thinking I would injure her. I simply could not restrain my joy. Eventually, Someone unlatched me by saying, 
wouldn't you like to see your new sister? Sister? No, actually, I want to see my new brother, <laughs> the one we agreed to. But no worries. Send her back. As you may have uh, discerned by now, my parents did not return Gio to the baby store in exchange for a brother. And I am grateful and glad that she agreed to be my sister. I celebrate her birth this day, which was April 18th, and every day. And I ended it with a happy birthday blessing to you. And this, folks. That's perfect. Oh, there I am. There we are, Em. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Yes. There's that little that little girl that I was so disappointed in. Well, surprise. <laughs> I was looking for something. <laughs> that was so lovely and, and just so meaningful to me for so many ways. And you shared that with so many of our friends that was so kind and, and generous. And I think it gave people um, a clear understanding of how close we really are. You know, we're very close sisters. Uh, you're always looking after me. And in my way, I was kind of looking after you, even though I was a brat about it at times, I was still looking after you. My big sister, Emma, Ema, I think I called you Ema back then. You um, but I mean, as I was able, when I started to talk, I called you Ema, but it's nothing like, like having a big sister such as you, because I mean, yes, I enjoyed going outside and playing every day. That was fun and everything. I had to get my air and get my, my exercise and my air because I just love being out, but I look forward every day, especially at the end of the day, when I knew it was time for you to come home after school. I couldn't, it, the time couldn't come fast enough for me. I couldn't wait to see my big sister, Emma, 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 Emma. I just had to see you. And it's just like, you had so much, I felt as a child, just so much of your world to share with me. And I was so proud to hear all the stories and things that were happening and the friends that you had and the friends that I had and how we just were always looking after each other, no matter what. And that's the beauty of, of having a wonderful big sister. And, uh, there's a bond that, as you know, no one has or ever will break. And there's no reason for it right. because we're just that close. We look after each other. And I'm so grateful to have a wonderful big sister. And I always felt I had to protect you, as you know. I know. <laughs> I do know. Especially yeah, when you got in a little bit of trouble and it was, quote, unquote, punishment time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, I have to rescue my sister and I'd tell mommy, mommy, please, please. Emma didn't mean it. Please. She won't do it again. I just had to take care of you because and you're you were my the big teeniest. Sister. Yes. You were the teeniest little person. And I, you know, I'm, I've got almost five years over you. Yeah. So I'm looking at this little baby who's just kind of babbling and, you know, pleading my case. That's right. I didn't know whether or not to be happy yeah. or agitated because <laughs> I was the big sister. You know, mm -hmm. you were a terrific audience. Yes. Um, and I agreed, you know, I had all these stories to tell you about school and what, what life was like and what yes. Miss So-and-so said in class and what this child did and what the other friend did and who, you know, had, you know, had an issue or not. And it was, you know, I knew it was a new world for you. Oh, yes. And so, you know, when you defended me, I was like, wait a minute, you're not supposed to do that. You know, yeah. I'm the big sister. Uh, but often mommy did listen to you because she was uh, pretty no nonsense. Yes. And Pops, on the other hand, we could, you know, kind of look at him with our big eyes, you know, yes. and I know. He, he certainly was not the disciplinarian. Mom. That's true. Um, I had to I come in and save the day. I couldn't stand to have my big sister upset. So 
And I know sometimes you you did things you probably shouldn't have done, but I just wanted to mm. let you know that your little sister was looking after you and I just didn't want anybody or anything to get in the way. So it started as a young age. That's just how I always thought about my my big sister, Emma, to mm. this very day. Still, I know. Oh, we have been known as what assembly sisters, the girls. We girls. were the girls That's uh, right. for decades decades yes. and decades even sure. when we had our girls because you have a girl i have a girl each of us yes. has a girl yes and interestingly each of our girls has twins I know. so we have two sets of twins fraternal twins family. that's true yeah. and they're fraternal and twins yep your twins two little girls are just gorgeous and my twins are a girl and a boy and of course they're gorgeous they're gorgeous know. too oh they're so sweet they're yeah. just so sweet they're just little sweet people and that's just how I see the world and children and people and the good in them. And even when they're not acting good, I still see the good. Not, I don't mean children. I just mean people in general. Mm -hmm. I see the good in everybody. So, yeah, you do that. And you've done that all of your life, which was the thing, the thing really that puzzled me because I've often said, if we had switched roles and you were the big sister and I was the little sister and you had behaved the way I did, we probably wouldn't be speaking now. I'd mail you a postcard, you know. Mm. I just no. think you're very forgiving. You do really see the good in everyone. And that's reflected in, in all the relationships that I see that you have with people and that you've had over the years, because I do know there are folks that you, I wouldn't say rescued, but you give them the space to be their best self. And because of that, they're demonstrating behaviors and attitudes and exploring, exploring, exploring ideas and areas they probably wouldn't have considered because other folks lock them into boxes. They don't perceive they're good, but mm -hmm. you do. What do you attribute that to? Well, I think it's just because, um, I guess number one, it's just in me. It's just something that is me. That is Sheila. Mm -hmm. I see the good in people. And also I feel that the nurturing childhood we had, um, the beautiful magical family we had, and even though mom and pops were totally different in terms of discipline, I mean, they were disciplinarians in their own way and mommy definitely being more strict and pops gave us a little bit more leeway. Um, it, to me, it was a balance. I, I could take the best from the both of them. Mm -hmm. And I think I feel I incorporated that in me or, or utilized that for me because I mean, I can't help it. I, I just see good. I, I just, I, I can't even explain it. I just enjoy meeting people where they are and and trying to understand where they're where they are in, in their life because just because somebody may lash out or not be very nice or be you know um, either just kind of mean spirited. I'm not saying they're mean people, but they have the spirit of, of kind of being mean spirited. They have that characteristic of, of being a, a mean kind of person. There are many reasons why that there's people I guess react in that way. So I still say, no matter what, that person came from, was born, and we're all born, I feel, uh, we're spiritual beings as, as children, as babies. Mm -hmm. And because we all start, quote unquote, clean slate, that's how I look at people. That's how I look at people. And I like to see them as from a clean slate, um, just we're all good. I, I can't help it. And, um, and I like to be able to help or guide people who may feel they are lost or, and that's only if they're willing. I don't force my, my views on anyone. I don't try to make them something that they're not. 
but hopefully I can help them recognize who they are, the good in them. Because sometimes, depending on your circumstances, you may not feel that way. Mm -hmm. You may feel like I'm, I'm a, you know, a failure or I'm this or I'm that. Seeing themselves in a, in a negative way, not seeing the good in themselves or not actually being able to acknowledge it. Sometimes you don't acknowledge it. It's there, but they don't know it's there. And I like for people to know this, this is part of you too. It's not something that's on a foreign land, land or foreign language. It's, it's there, it's, it's internal. It's something that you need to feel and to acknowledge. So that's what I enjoy doing, helping people find that place of, um, of gratitude, of, of, of good, of kindness and, and mindfulness and just, just being themselves, being who they are, being in the present and not trying to judge themselves. Just don't judge yourself, just be yourself and it's okay. And then even if you have a, a moment or two where you're not feeling so great, you may not be in a, a happy way, that, that's okay. And it, just acknowledge it and realize that even within that moment of whatever that challenging moment that you're, you're dealing with, it's still, you're still good. There's still good there because there's a lesson that you're gonna learn from this experience even if it's not always a pleasant one. So that's what I like to do. I like to kind of guide people to let them know that in spite of how it may feel, in spite of how it may look, there's something good for you in this. There's something that you're gonna learn from this. And I speak that from myself because you know what I had gone through a few years ago uh, with I had a health challenge and- And you wanna talk about that a little bit? Just, sure. You know, general terms, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, because that was a real turning point for me. Um, as you know, <laughs> I was, um, my former career was in corporate America. Mm -hmm. And even though I was in a, a place where it was, um, I was helping people. I was, I was a director of, a, of, a, of an organization that served all of North America. And it was all about solving problems for customers. Helping my team would help others solve problems helping that customer on the other end of the phone it was mostly electronic. Okay, but that seem like a good fit for you because you do like helping people. I do, and I liked it at that point, but it was, it was at a different level. And I, and I still appreciate the fact that I could still reach out to people, even though it was through the telephone sometimes or through electronic means of communication, it was always there to provide a solution to guide the person to a better place to help them. And, um, then further, well, as you know, a few years ago, well, many, many years ago, I guess now that I think about it, um, my job uh, changed. Um, the company had a reorganization, so I was let go. And as I was let go from my job, I sustained a really bad back injury uh, to the point where, um, as you know, thank goodness for you, um, you helped me through this because it was chronic pain that just overtook me 24 seven. It was so bad that if a piece of paper fell on the floor, as you know, I could not reach over to pick it up. Because if I was on the floor to reach over to pick a piece of paper on the floor, there I would go down on the floor and that's where I would be for a long period of time before I can get up because the pain was just so encompassing. It was, it, it just- Excruciating. Took, oh, excruciating, thank you. That's what it was. Yeah. So, I felt, I said, why is this happening? I said, I'm, I'm not feeling great. Uh, at that time, my, my husband, we had a bi-coastal 
a marriage was on another, it was on the other West Coast and I was here on the East Coast. And thank goodness you took care of me because I was unable to do anything for myself. As you know, I couldn't cook. I, I couldn't fix myself a meal. Um, I wasn't able to do, I was unable to do anything. And, you know, walking was just like, hmm, I don't think so. Because I couldn't stand up straight. You know, I was bent over at a 90 degree angle. And, and you used a walker. Used a walker. Could walk. Yes. Could walk. I went to physical therapy and that didn't quite work for me. And they told me not to come back. And it was just, you know, I said, well, gee, what am I going to do now? So it just made me, with, what happened was I kept asking. I said, I know I'm being taught a lesson, but what is it? I said, throughout all this pain, there's got to be something here that I need to understand. So I, I got out of my way because I like to feel like I can always do things. I'm going to just push my way through this. I'm going to just fix things. I was meant, I was sat down by the divine spirit. And I was told that still small voice told me, Sheila, you need to settle down. You need to let yourself heal. You need to, number one, need, number one, I needed to acknowledge the pain, which I acknowledged, acknowledged the pain, but I kept fighting it because I was going to fight. So stop fighting the pain, acknowledge it, let yourself heal. And in doing so, the only way I was able to do that was when you took me to a practitioner who helped me move my way out of pain, move my way so I could get my quality of life better. And as I was going through the, the sessions, and there, there was a few, quite a few sessions, she worked with me to help me find a place where I could move with ease and move my way so I was able to stand up without having to stretch and strain and uh, just brace myself. I was able to move more freely, naturally. And as I was going through that, I decided to become a practitioner so that I could, so that I could help people on the same level as the, my practitioner helped me because okay. I felt, no, go ahead. Excuse me. And you say practitioner, but you know, what's a practitioner? What, what kind the of the practitioner that I have, that I am is a Feldenkrais practitioner okay. where it's involving somatic movement. And what that does, it helps, we help people move their way out of pain. We move you through it. We guide you through it. And we just give you a place of support so that you're not struggling and you're not fighting and you're not trying to make things happen. You're just acknowledging the differences in how you move and what can you do to make something a movement more fluid. You don't have to stretch, you don't have to lengthen. There's just something as simple as, you know, maybe taking your hand here, for example, and just maybe just twist, bending, taking your hands and just bending, twisting your wrist slightly. I mean, as a practitioner, I would do this for a client. So if whatever that person's condition is, I'm just using this as an example, the movement I utilize, and this is what I wanted to, this is what I realized, this is what I'm meant to do. This is how I'm going to help people. Because by providing people options and avenues to let them know your world doesn't have to get smaller. Your world's going to get bigger. You're going to have more options. You're going to get your health back again. Because as a Feldenkrais practitioner, that's what I help people do. Define themselves help them, guide them through that pain, that, that painful journey. Sometimes it's more painful than others, but it's, it's a wellness journey that I'm with them every step of the way. So it's not as if I'm looking at someone and saying, hmm, I see they have this condition. I'm gonna do touchy here and lift that and kind of do some, some general movements. It's about connecting with that person at their level, being engaged with that person in their level, in their journey to 
move their way out of the pain mode and to give them the freedom that they need and, and give them the support they need to let them know the fear factor, which many times can prevent someone from healing. Yes, I because you move. can be so afraid of, of, the, of that pattern of pain yes. that you are locked into. You're locked in. Mm -hmm. And I speak again for myself. I was locked in there. I was locked in that pattern because I was, I was if I move, I'm like, if I do this, oh, it might hurt. Or if, if I do that, oh, this might make it work or worse. It was just all these, these things, barriers I had built up to protect myself. Mm -hmm. So it was an emotional barrier. It was a physical barrier mm -hmm. and it was a nervous system barrier because this particular uh, methodology helps restore the nervous system, which keeps it calm, which stops the chatter, the mind chatter, the nerve chatter, and it gives your nervous system some places to move. So it's not locked into that loop of pain. So well, that's what- It almost sounds meditative, it, like you're using. It, it can be for some people, it depends on what else. Here's their, their, their uh, challenges. You know, some people have just maybe just a minor sprain, but for those who have really chronic nerve pain, it takes you to a different place. Because number one, it gives you a place where you feel secure. You're, you are able to absolutely release and let someone help you. And that's something that's not always easy for people to do. Because if you're a person that's used to controlling this and I'm, because that's what I do and I'm, I'm into physical fitness or I'm in Pilates or I'm into this, I'm into that. And you're so busy trying to make it on your own. It's sometimes not easy for someone to really let themselves be totally, no, I don't mean relax, I mean just rest it, letting their body, just being aware of what their body is, is their self is doing. So you may not realize you've got tension in your shoulders because you're used to holding on to like this. But once you're on a table and maybe I might just touch your, just gently just touch your shoulder and then all of a sudden you may feel your shoulder and maybe get maybe a little bit closer to the table. It, that happens, and but you don't know that because you're so used to being in this you know, frozen position that you don't know how to let go because you are concerned it may cause more pain. But by me being there and supporting you in that movement and just suggesting, just putting a place of just suggestion of movement will reassure you, oh, I can let go and I'm not hurting. I can do this. And also because I have experienced uh, the Feldenkrais method, uh, thanks to you. Um, and so I won't say it's mindless, but you have to trust that your nervous system and your brain mm -hmm. are working in concert with Correct. each other and you can yeah. signal it. Yes. You can signal your nervous system about what to do and what to accept and establish new neural pathways so yes. that you still end up having, your end goal is to be more mobile mm -hmm. and pain-free with with this method, mm -hmm. you're because you're so in tune to, which is why I say it's meditative, mm -hmm. you really have to get your ego and everything else out of the way in order to be able to pick up on the signal that the That's true. your client, your person is sending. Absolutely. Absolutely. You, you can't, you have to feel, in some people's cases, they feel like, um, I'm not going to be in control of this. Well, you don't have to control this because your nervous system is really controlling this. You have to trust your nervous system. So people don't always understand that initially. They're just thinking, well, I just want to move or I just want to stretch. And I know, again, I'm speaking from personal experience. I wanted to lengthen. I wanted to stretch. I want to ooh, just make myself do what I want to do. You can, but not, you're not ready for that yet. 
when you're in a chronic pain situation, you need to trust yourself, trust your nervous system. And knowing that even though the journey may take long, because I, I think people have the, at least in this society, we're so used to clicking a couple of buttons and clicking the mouse and taking a couple of some medications, not to say we don't need the medications, but it's that instant, I want to be fixed and I want it done now. So when you have someone you're working with that has the mindset of, well, I want it now and I have to have it now because my whole life has changed. You have to, I need to let them know this is something that's gradual. You need to trust the process, but you need to trust yourself. And sometimes people don't know they have to, they can trust themselves because they just don't because they've been in a place of pain. If I trust myself, I'm gonna feel more. I'm not gonna feel relief, I'm gonna feel more pain. But you don't, because you're giving your nervous system a chance to be still. So, and that can be a little unnerving. Some people just may not understand. They say, well, if I'm, if I'm letting my nervous system control me, then I, I don't have control, but, but it runs us anyway. Just, just, you just acknowledge it. That's all you have to do. You don't have to do anything differently. Just let it be and just notice it. Notice what you're feeling. Notice if you're feeling, see, I, I don't want people to feel focused on the pain. I want them to focus on what is it that's feeling good for you right now? You need to focus on what is feeling good. Even if you're not feeling so great. And if that's it's something, a, go that's ahead. a real shift because if you're in the mindset of chronic pain, mm -hmm. it's hard not to focus on the pain. Right. So you're able to get them to shift their attention yes. from the pain because yes. it's clear and this is this is new thought mm -hmm. what you think about you bring about you so sure do that's correct the more you think about it it's like telling somebody don't think about a bear and then yes. of course that's what they think about the bear that's correct but so you're not telling them not to think about anything you're redirecting exactly i'm redirecting them exactly mm -hmm. and by doing that for them to just acknowledge the slightest bit of change slightest bit of what I would call improvement. Notice it and remember it. And just remember it. And then you kind of build from that place of, oh, you know, I my shoulder was really hurting me the other day and I couldn't, even though my, my, back, my whole back was hurting me. Say for example, someone's entire, or let's just say their lower back is bothering them, the lower lumbar. Mm -hmm. But they have, a, for whatever reason, they're just still up here, let's just keep it up like this. But just by working with that person, not necessarily on their back, I might, like I said, I might touch their neck. You know, I can touch their, 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 uh, their scapula, their, their shoulder, the back of their shoulder or the shoulder blade. And before they know it, they may feel maybe there's just a little lessening of this, which causes this, which causes, it just impacts your whole nervous system. It goes right down to that lower lumbar, down your spine. And just by getting them to just kind of releasing this. And then all of a sudden, Oh yeah, I just noticed it's a little bit different. I'm not quite so so tense up here. Now I, I do have more movement because when you have more movement up here, you're gonna have more movement down to your, it, it just travels. It simply transfers that movement. It's giving your nervous system this signal. It's okay to move with ease. And it doesn't take a lot of touching or, or it is no manipulation in this. It's just simply putting the suggestion of movement with that person. And I can move a person sometimes. Okay, if, but if that's really, really the difference between physical therapy, which right. is very physical, because that's why I call physical therapy, and right. Feldenkrais, that's which right. is what I'm thinking of as really retraining mm -hmm. your nervous system. You're retraining your nervous system. Again, it's to restore it, to be in a place of, uh, like I said, restoration and relaxation. 
And that's, that's the key to anybody's chronic pain, especially when you're dealing with nerve pain. And nerve pain is really uh, very complicated and it can be difficult for some people more than others. And, but it, like you said, Emma, a lot of this depends on the mindset. And I, part of my, my goal, my job is to reassure that person that, let them know it's not just something that's physical effort here. It, it is involving your, your frame of mind. And like you said, you, you're going to get back what you put out. And if you keep focusing on pain, I've had to be very direct with some people. If that's what you keep seeing out there, you're so focused on the pain, that's what you're going to keep feeling because that's all you see. But you need to acknowledge any kind of small change, whatever that change is. Just notice if, if the top of your head is not hurting and it was hurting earlier, but maybe there's something that's, maybe your chin is hurting, but you notice, oh, I don't feel this in my top of my head. Notice that. Mm-hmm. It's an improvement. It's relief because you're letting your nervous system work in the way it's meant to work. So you don't keep looping yourself back into that pain mode, that pain method. Because some people have a hard time breaking out of it. They, they, mm-hmm. They're stuck at it. So I have to kind of, I have to guide them, not just, just uh, in the physical sense, but also have to reassure them um, by just simply speaking with them. And in some cases, some people may even need, uh, and I work with people that have more than, who work with me and also maybe a physical therapist, or they may have a psychotherapist as well. So sometimes they, they need that. So we're, I'm working as a team. So I, I'm never saying, well, my way is it. This is it. You know, you can't work with any other practitioner or any other medical expert. I would never say that. I try, I work in conjunction with whatever team they have or lack of team. I work with them. So we're all on the same page. We're all supporting each other. So nothing is being contradictory. It's all about mm-hmm. helping that person along their wellness journey. So I have but to what you do is not considered medical. It's not medical. It is not okay. medical, but I work with a medical team. Okay. I, have to, I keep them advised in terms of what I'm doing, how I'm doing it. And, and I just make, you know, I, I make notations and I can, you know, speak with them on a weekly basis if necessary or bi-weekly basis, whatever the, the decision is, whatever we decide to do, I, we, I circle back with them or maybe mm-hmm. once a month if I need to. It just depends on that person. Mm-hmm. But I keep them in the loop so they know what's going on. And again, we're all on the same page. But I make no suggestions in terms of, um, you know, prescriptions or, or supplements. I stay away from that. I, I don't do that. It's up to the, that person to talk to their doctor, primary care mm-hmm. physician to determine that. So, mm-hmm. um, but I, I just work with the ner- nervous system. And that's what I do. Give them peace of mind. Well, how have you been impacted by this uh, pandemic that we've been dealing with? Well, um, it knocked everything. Everything came to a stop. It really did. It was it was tough because I had some really some good people who were relying on me to help them with their anxiety and stress. And which also, by the way, anxiety and stress are triggers for pain as well. If I didn't mention that before, and people don't sometimes understand that, but uh, stress and, and anxiety can really cause you to go back into that pain loop. So. I had everything was shut down. The wellness center shut down. And the only thing I was able to do was to try to, not try to, what I did was I had a few people that I worked with over Zoom. So, and I still gave the sessions. I, what I did, I had them, I guided them through this session, through their, a session I would normally guide a 
client with instead of me having hands on um, that person on the other side of the Zoom call, I would give them the same information that I would normally do for that person. It was um, different, but it was still intimate at the same time. I know it sounds a little odd because it was a new way of communicating um, for people. It was a new way for me to engage with them. But because I was still working with that person one-on-one, -on -one, it wasn't like I was working in a classroom of four or five people. It was still that one-on-one -on -one engagement where I just would ask the person to just be in, in that moment. I mean, they would have to find a, a comfortable chair. The, the, um, it's what I call functional integration sessions. That's what I do when I'm working with the person's nervous system and one-on-one -on -one when I'm, I'm physically moving them, supporting them to move their way out of pain. They would do that sitting in a chair, except just what I'm sitting in right now. And I, I can't think of something. I'm trying to think of a specific case where um, oh, just something simple. So if someone, uh, I mean, I can kind of give you like a little demonstration if you like, oh, sure, I would guide yeah. someone. So mm -hmm. what I would do is I would tell someone to please, I would want them to sit in a nice comfortable chair, have their feet planted on the floor, maybe having a chair or a couch that would support their lower back, well, mm -hmm. really their back really entire back and just have them simply close their eyes and just have their hands, place their hands in the, on their lap. And as they're sitting in that chair, I would ask them to just simply just focus on their breathing, just to be aware of their breathing as they inhale and exhale. And just notice what is it doing? How, how does your breathing feel? Does it feel as if it's smooth and easy? Very easy movement. And is it maybe a shallow breath? Just notice no corrections, nothing to change. Just notice how you're breathing and having your eyes closed. And just notice it and just breathe in and just breathe out normal like you normally do. I'm not asking you to hold it for any reason. Just notice it. And as you're breathing, see if you notice if anything else might be moving along as you breathe in and breathe out. And as you inhale and exhale, what? What is moving along with you? What do you notice is moving? Do you notice if your chest may be raising, lifting and, and lowering as you inhale and exhale? And also notice, maybe, do you see, do you feel anything um, expanding or contracting like perhaps your ribs? As you inhale and exhale, what's expanding? And also notice your abdomen or your belly. Not holding it in, not pushing it out. Just notice what is the movement as you inhale and exhale. And just notice that. All you're doing, only thing you're doing is just being aware of what you're doing. And, and as you inhale and exhale, just notice the chair or your, your sofa that's supporting your back. Do you feel that there's 
more support or more touching, more contact of your back against the, the chair or the couch as you inhale and exhale. And just notice if you feel a difference, if there's any difference. And if there isn't, that's okay. But just be aware of it. Just notice it. Now I'm going to ask you just to slowly open your eyes. Just come back. And just notice what you're feeling now. Does anything feel different? Do you feel perhaps a little bit more open? Do you feel like there's more openness or not? And it's if you don't feel any difference, that's okay. But this is what I can do. This is how I'm kind of, this is the beginning of, of guiding someone mm -hmm. in a functional integration over Zoom. So I can still be engaged with that person one-on-one, -on -one, but I, that was just a very tiny taste of, of what I would normally do with someone who is experiencing a lot of tension or anxiety, nervousness, and just discomfort. But it, it just puts a person in a place where they're focusing and it's all about themselves. It's not about the dog, the cat barking, or the cat barking, the dog barking, or, <laughs> oh, I've got to get this at the store. I forgot to do this. I forgot to do that. Oh, I, you know, it's mm -hmm. all about yourself and it's being engaged in yourself. And it's not about being, well, I, if I take this time, I'm being selfish. I don't think I should focus on me. Well, why not? If you can't be your very best at all times, when are you? Why would you take this precious life we have and push it aside to say my life isn't as important as someone else's? We're all important. And it starts with self. So I and just that's want- interesting. That, but you know, some people would argue that makes you selfish mm -hmm. if you start with yourself. What do you, not what do you say about that? It's not selfish. You, you need to take care of you. I mean, you have, this is who you have. You have yourself. I feel for me, it's been selfish not to cherish what you have, not to cherish your, your, your value. And I don't mean in terms of monetary value. You, we are each, every single one of us, we're important. And it's not as if we're, um, I, I, sometimes I think that people think, well, I'm just a, a tiny cog in that wheel of life. Well, all these quote unquote tiny cogs are very important, no matter how slight you may think you are or how unimportant you might think you are there's an impact. There's always, a, I wouldn't say consequence, but we're all important and, and do not minimize your importance in life. Do not minimize it because we're all important. Everything we do is important. You know, how we take care of ourselves, how we take care of myself so I can help taking care of others. As you know, that's what I love doing. I get such gratitude from being able to help someone who is, is in a place where their world was really small and, and, and full of pain and fear and hopelessness. And engaging in that person, letting them know you are important. They have to feel it. I can't just tell them that. It's something that they have to feel. And that's what I do. I don't tell them, oh, you feel this way. You're supposed to feel that way. You feel as you feel. I just work at bringing your feelings out, the, your worth out, your the goodness in you. That's what I do. And it's not being selfish when you're thinking about yourself. Um, that we're all important and we have to 
acknowledge it and feel proud and be grateful that we're here on this earth. Um, knowing that, and I guess I'm being redundant, but we all are here to serve. We're here to serve. We're here to take care of each other. And I don't care how tiny, how small it might seem, but it's important. To all these little tiny pieces of what, of who, what we think we are, we, when it's all together, these little tiny pieces that are working together, it's such a beautiful place. It's such a place of, I don't wanna make it sound like it's utopia, but- um, It could be. Well, I guess it could be. You're right, it could be, it could be. But the only thing I can say is that I just like for people to recognize how important they really are, how we all are. And by being able to be your best, and that's not mean, well, I've got to be the best and better than somebody else. I'm better than her. Or I'm better than him. Just be yourself. Be being you. Just being. Being the best of being. That's what's most important. I feel. And that means, yes, focusing on yourself. Yes, paying attention to yourself. Recognizing your feelings, recognizing that I deserve, deserve to feel good. We all deserve to feel good. We need to feel good. Why shouldn't we feel good? Well, you know, and, that may take uh, quite a bit of um, courage because when you look at what society tells us about who we are supposed to be, yes. And if you look at those community or those societal standards, mm -hmm. that's not necessarily reflective of who we are as actual people. Mm -hmm. And I think folks struggle with that um, yes. because you see the, the Madison Avenue commercialized version of what makes a quote successful, happy person. And especially with something now like Facebook where people have many, many opportunities to compare themselves with other folks. Yes. Um, that, in, that really, to me, interferes with your ability to uh, find yourself if you're on that kind of a journey. That's true. Uh, it's being, I call it distractions. I call this distractions. So I, it's easy to get, go down that rabbit hole with distractions with the Facebook and the social media and the Instagram and this, that, and the other, and the comparisons. And I don't look like this and I want to look like the famous celebrities and all that stuff. Um, all these comparisons that we have we, we make, you know, women have to look like this and, you know, men have to look like that. And we're supposed to have this kind of look or, you know, oh, it's just these unbelievable pressures that we put on it, that we allow to influence the this quality of life that we have. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not good, it's not healthy. So in your work, your, your life's work, it's really like a mission for you. You mm -hmm. have, have found a way to help people find themselves. Mm -hmm. And yes. I must say, I'm very happy in it. And I think about the work that you did when you were working for corporate America and how you looked in and you know the kind of vibes that you gave off. You know, you were under a lot of pressure. It was very stressful. Um, yes. But this really seems to suit you beautifully. Um, I love this. This is the best thing that ever happened to me. And remember, mm -hmm. remember, I said at the beginning about lessons learned, or maybe I didn't. I think I mentioned that you when did. I was going through yes. my my journey of challenging of pain and and fear and anxiety. I knew there was a lesson in this, and that's why I said this is the good that came out of that experience. 
it wasn't pleasant. I questioned why. I didn't feel like I didn't feel like I was a victim. I just wanted to know why was I going down this path. I never felt like I was a victim, but I got frustrated at times, and there was some fear there and, and some anger. But I said, I know this is going to serve a greater good. I just kept thinking that it's going to serve a greater good. I knew that. Just didn't know what way. I had no idea. But because of you taking me to the Felon Christ practitioner, which allowed me to be enrolled in the program, which allowed me to become a, a practitioner myself, has allowed me to serve people on the level that I really feel I'm closely engaged with. That's, mm -hmm. And I know we need it. We need mm -hmm. this so much. And it's not just always about helping someone through pain. It's helping people that have, as I mentioned, anxiety and stress, and which can aid you, which brings about unclear thinking when you're under so much stress and you're like brain fog if people that brain fog and oh i just i don't know how to relax i don't know where i can have a place where i feel comfortable and i feel i can just kind of just be have a place of tranquility i like to have that let people know there's a place of tranquility i can help you find that place and by giving them the functional integration sessions or even a class uh, when i resume teaching classes again Mm -hmm. um, people often find that they have, they can find that, that place of tranquility and, and balance and, and um, peace of mind. Because mm -hmm. sometimes we just need to make that time for ourselves because I know we're busy, got to get this done, got to get that done. Well, this needs to be part of that too. Again, mm -hmm. it's taking care of yourself so that you can still go out and do your things, whatever you need to do, but you still need to take care of you, number one. And sometimes you can do even more things and do them better, whatever way you think it's better. You'll have the energy, you'll have the, the peace of mind that you're looking for, you'll feel less stressed and um, you're taking care of yourself. You're actually taking care of you. You can control that. We can control that. And I've had those sessions with you. And I can say from personal experience when we've concluded one of your classes, mm -hmm. um, it's almost as if I have stepped into another physical body. And it, for me, it's very much like the body I had when I was a child. You know, when we are children and we have figured out how we're going to operate the various parts, our legs and arms, and you see infants flailing around, that's really not random movement. They are really experimenting on what works and what do I need to do in order to roll over, to sit up, to stand Correct. up, to walk, to run. Correct. But stay you around five or six years old and you see little kids just running every place and they're jumping and leaping. Yes. There's such freedom with that. That's and that's true. because the, the coordination, the, the nervous system hasn't been impacted with messages like, you're not supposed to do this, that and the other because you're a girl, you're a boy, you're too short, you're too tall, you're too fat, you're too thin, you're too... None of that has impacted you yet. You still, you're just being in your body. And yeah. that's how I feel when we finish one of your sessions. Um, like I'm like I, I need to get out and run you know i that i can run you know mm -hmm. athletic activity never held much uh call for me i've just never really been interested in it mm -hmm. but i really i'm capable and it's having yes. that freedom you know having that ability to you know move the joints and mm -hmm. and not have to to strategize how that's to get true. from point a to point b oh, it's to be true. fluid it's That's really true. wonderful. This, yes. is, this is not a shameless advertisement. This is just literally what I've experienced. Thank so um, I, I want to thank you for that. Um, you know, years ago when you were having all that back pain and you were mm -hmm. on the walker, you know, who could have ever predicted 
that you would come out of it the way that you have and then have the skill set to be able to assist other people through their journeys through right. pain. That's so, true. That's true. Right. It's, it's definitely it a lesson. And you, you were listening. I was listening. I listened to that still small voice. It said, mm -hmm. sit down and be quiet and listen to me. <laughs> I said, all right, I guess I will now. And yeah. I did, but it's the best thing that ever happened to me. In spite of all that, that that was a, it was it was it was draining. It was it was an emotional journey for me, and I just was felt lost. I said, "But no, there's a lesson. I've got to open and listen and be aware. Be open to the answer. Don't fight yeah. it. Just be open to the answer. Because remember, you told me about Felon Christ. I said, "Yeah, right." Remember, I kind of looked at you, kind of like probably rolled my eyes. I said, "Well, all right." No, you were I'll desperate go. at that point because we you had tried everything else. I was desperate. I, I still said, well, okay, Emma, if you, because you told me what it was going to do. And I said, oh, are you sure about that? I, I had my doubts. Mm -hmm. I said, well, yeah, I tried everything. I said, okay, I'll just try this too. Best thing. Well, it was so difficult watching you go through all of that distress. Um, yeah. I'm just glad that you finally get, did get to the point where you said, well, okay, I will try it. And it, it yes. did work. It's and only, it, it's, it's, it's very legitimate. It's a, it's a valid strategy. It's a tool. It's a wonderful tool. It's a wonderful tool. Wellness tool. It's all about wellness. Oh. So, um, what are your plans? Where do you, where are you going to go from here? <sighs> well, I still want to continue to work uh, with people. Um, I know since we're um, more people are being vaccinated now uh, for COVID, um, it's and I'm still very mindful. I don't take a whole bunch of people at one time. So okay, let's. Uh, come on in. It's, it's still, I'm still very selective. I don't take more than maybe two or three people, work with them uh, at a time uh, because I want to be, you know, mindful of them. And want are, them you, to are you carding your, your clients to see if they've had their carding uh, them? Vaccine. We also ask the questions have they been exposed to anybody around COVID? Uh, we take, excuse me, uh, temperature after we use it, uh, the thermometer, the infrared thermometer, we the touchless thermometer. We have the, I think it's the oxygenator. I may be pronouncing it incorrect where we take, we measure someone's oxygen, make sure they have enough you oxygen. Put it on your, on your finger. Put on the see. finger, yes, exactly. Um, so, and, and of course, uh, the place where I'm practicing in, in uh, disinfects religiously. So, mm -hmm. a disinfect before, after a session, um, mm -hmm. make sure there's always at least 30 minutes between clients, at least 30 mm -hmm. minutes. We just don't have, I don't have people coming in right after the other. Don't do that. Okay. okay. So it's, and everyone wears a mask. I wear the mask. We still wear masks. Even mm -hmm. though I'm fully vaccinated, mm -hmm. I make sure that uh, I am masked. And so we take every precaution to make every, sure everyone is safe. Mm -hmm. And um, I still want to be there available for people who are looking for, for help. So that, that is more of my mission this year because last year was a little bit more difficult. But since there are people who are still looking for, um, I would say of a more holistic, organic way of uh, helping themselves to get back on their wellness journey to, because again, we were lost last year. We had to stop everything. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, um, people are, are, I'm getting some phone calls and, and um, I like to, be there for whoever needs me so okay and still. so how how will people get in contact with you you have a, a, a link of some sort that i can attach to well i will give them my my email address and okay. of course my cell number they can always 
call me or texting me would probably be better. Um, okay, well, just for now, can you say what your number is? Certainly. My cell number is 443-794-0405. Okay. And I would ask you to please text me first because I may be working with someone. I don't want my phone ringing. It's better to text me. I would, I would appreciate that. And my email address is wellness, that's W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S -S, with the digit one, S-S-C, like Sam, Sam, Charlie, at gmail.com. So it should be wellness, wellness, wellness one. <laughs> oh, sorry about that. Wellness one, S-S-C at gmail.com. I want to thank you, Sheila for taking time to speak today on my little program here, Just Folks Conversations with Emma. I'm really honored that you would do that. Uh, you are my dearest and closest friend, aside from being my sister. And I'm, I'm really grateful that you said yes to being my sister and that <laughs> our parents did not return you to the baby store in exchange Thank for Thank you. <laughs> I do appreciate that too, but I, I couldn't see it any other way. I, 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 like I said, you were the best big sister, best sister for me ever. Just period. That's just it. Well, I, I, I feel exactly the same it. about you. Yeah, yeah, exactly the same about you. We've been through quite a few storms and some sunny days together. And yes, we have. Uh, looking great. forward for more sunny days ahead. Oh, yes. And more, more lessons to learn. And, mm -hmm. but they will be good ones. They're, they're all good. Always. Every single Always. one of them. Always very good. So I thank you for the opportunity and I love you, Emma. You're wonderful. You're my oh, I love you back. I love you more. Uh, all right. Okay. I hear you. Okay. So all right. thank you again for everything. And uh, listen, you have a wonderful day, wonderful evening, wonderful week. Just just enjoy. Okay. I will. And you and too. be well. And be well. I will. You be well too, Sheila. All right. Thank you. See you soon. You've been listening to Just Folks Conversations with Emma on Anchor and Spotify. You can find more Just Folks Conversations with Emma on my YouTube channel of the same name. Please give a thumbs up and subscribe. And I invite you to join my Facebook group where you can meet more really great folks just like you. See you soon.